0: I want to introduce to you the newest member of Christian Center. This is Declan Jeffrey Patrick Chuck Norris Hastings. (laughs) Amen. India, look, look, he's a little grunter. He just grunts all the time. He's so awesome. His, his parents did a pretty good job. Josh and Sarah, this is Sarah's first Sunday back in church. Yay! Oh my goodness. I think it's time for another baby dedication pretty soon, so uh, we'll be planning that. So if you've got babies or kids that you've never dedicated to the Lord, um, keep your eye out and even just let, let me know and, and uh, we'll get some information. We'll do it soon. Amen. All right. Oh, uh, another quick announcement. There is bread in the hallway. Um, two boxes of bread was donated this morning. And um I guess that we had must have had a very large bread giveaway this week. More than the uh food bank needs. And so if you need some bread, please take it on your way out. And um that would be awesome and hopefully a blessing to you. And I you know, I was thinking as it's Uh, Thanksgiving and being thankful. And I just had this interesting idea. Um, Do any of you have a regular homeless person that you encounter? You know, some of you might. There's one or two that you pass at certain places. Um, Obviously, they're homeless. Of course, you could invite them to Thanksgiving dinner. I'm not necessarily encouraging you to do that, but how about this? On Friday or Saturday, when you're making your own turkey sandwiches for leftovers, make an extra one if you're going out. And if you run across some of the normal the normal people that you're seeing out there, stop and give them a homemade turkey sandwich. Wouldn't that be amazing? I mean, uh, that's one of my favorite parts of Thanksgiving is the leftovers. And um, obviously, if you're homeless, you don't get leftovers. You get everyone else's leftovers all the time. But to make something like that, I think would be a blessing. So in other words, or be just be thinking, be creative. It's Christmas and Thanksgiving. Um, uh, I think a great way to show our gratitude is to uh to bless other people as well. Amen. Amen. Hey, update on the project coming. Um the the men's room is still closed, so be the, the guys using the the nursery restroom, but we are getting really really close uh, over the weekend or over this past week and through yesterday uh the the bathroom is now um got the the walls are all drywalled and sprayed. We're going to paint t- tomorrow. We've Got the shower pan. We're putting a shower in the men's restroom, uh, a kind of an emergency shower. And that the shower pan got all done. We're going to be tiling it this week, and uh, and then we'll be we'll be open. You know, uh, maybe next weekend, but uh, definitely the weekend after that. And then we also p- put in a new water heater and a new forced air heating unit next door as well, and we moved them to a better location and yesterday the the final uh installation part of the heater got done and today we got the uh, some guy gonna come and help fire it up josh has been working on that greg musser Um, a lot of people have come claude's been out there doing all the little stuff and helping Um, so it's the project is going going well and we're going to have a nice new restroom Um, just so you know what we're going to be doing in the spring the next part of this phase is that little Closet that's right by the nursery. If I kind of picture that thing, there's that you know makes the nursery door real. We're ripping that out, that's where the heater used to be. That's going away so that the passageway to the, the restrooms is going to be wider and more open. And we're taking the kitchen wall and we're pushing it back about three feet to make the kitchen larger. Because if you've ever done anything in that kitchen, you know it is not fun. I mean, you know, if you got one person on the counter this way, and somebody else at the other side of the counter, you're playing, you know, hot cross buns with them, and so, and so, uh, it's going to be just awesome, and so that's exciting. That's some of the the things we're we're getting ready. We're doing these part of these projects we needed to get done actually, in order to even think about building. As the church is growing, we're kind of hitting that that mark of needing to to grow. We're You know, a little light again this morning. But um, we couldn't do that without a handicapped restroom. So that's what we did. We're we're upgrading. So I'm excited about that and a little tired. Amen. It's been been fun. My family comes and cleans on Saturday nights. And so we can't clean until all the construction workers are done. So we got done about 9 o'clock last night cleaning. And uh, so we are ready for this project to be done. (laughs) Amen. Hey, we are uh, in the book of Ephesians this morning. Um, week number three of spiritual warfare, getting close to the end of the series um, in Ephesians, marching towards Christmas. I decided not to do a traditional Thanksgiving message today. Um, so we're just going to continue on in our, in our topic this week. But let's, let's go to Lord in prayer. God, I thank you for what you've already begun to do this morning. God, I thank you for the time of refreshing in, in, in worship. Lord, I know worship is about you. But God, I, I'm just grateful that in the process of worshiping you, that you minister back to us and, and uh, you, you refresh us and touch us in that process as well. God, as we continue this uh, journey through the book of Ephesians and are spending this um, consolidated time understanding the spiritual world that we live in, that you would help our our minds to be open our hearts to be open to receive the word god to be challenged and changed and also god to recognize um, that we are in a spiritual battle god that you would help us to know how to fight um, this spiritual battle and that we would become more and more overcomers and uh, effective more effective in the kingdom of god in jesus name Amen. Amen. That's what we want to be. This, that's what we we'll want to talk about this morning. And, and that's what we want to be is more effective in the kingdom of God. And in order to do that, we are understanding and learning that we are in a spiritual battle. Um, both Corinthians and Ephesians says that, that we are in a spiritual battle, that the weapons that we fight with are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. And that's what we t- battle in this world is spiritual battle. Spiritual strongholds um, it, throughout the book of ephesians he he mentioned um, principalities and powers a number of times in chapter one and chapter two so we 've been here from ten um, through eighteen, and we 're going to continue on last week we talked about um, we talked about having our uh, loins girded with truth right? we talked about truth belt, uh, buckled around our waist. we talked about the breastplate of righteousness, and we talked about having our our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The first three parts of the armor that we, ta- we talked about are really about being in Christ. Remember, the very first part of this, this, this process was in that we have to stand our ground and be ready for a spiritual attack. And then he began to go, we began to go in and, and itemize the parts of the armor that we wear. And let me read this and so that we can really hear it well um verse 11 put on the whole armor of god that you may be able to stand against the wiles the schemes the methods of the devil we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities powers rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places this is therefore take up the whole armor of god again we don't want to just take up a part of the armor of god we want to make sure that we are living taking up receiving the whole armor of god and we want we're going through that one part of the time but understanding that they all it's all connected and we need to be walking in the whole armor of god why so that you may be able to stand against or withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand so so we we don't want to just stand in the evil day at the very end of of the time before. We want to still be standing in Jesus' name. And so we have to learn how to take up the whole armor. Now, listen to this in verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor. I'm sorry, verse 14. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Did you hear the way that's that's worded and written in there? It's really important that you, you catch that. Having, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteous, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. This verb tense is, is, the, is the best way uh, to understand this, is understanding that it's already have, it should have been done for you. It's not something you do in the moment. It's something that this should be happening in the believer's life so that we can move on to the next part of the armor of God. It's not something you go, hey, I think it's going to be a bad day. I think I'll put on the breastplate of righteousness and put on the belt of truth today. No, no. What it's trying to help us understand is that this should be, have already been happening and continue to be happening in our life. And we talked about those three things last week, that truth was not just uh, something that we put on once, but it's having a truthful lifestyle. It's, it's being truthful with ourselves with God we talked about it being like a transparent life that we're not hiding things from God or from men any longer but we're living authentically and that's a great great word that a lot of us uh it's getting real popular we want to live authentically and it's it's very true we want to be authentic with God um and and with with our brothers and sisters in the Lord and so that's that's that understanding of truth and that's going to hold everything together the breastplate of righteousness was not just the righteousness of Christ remember he remember the paul's writing the book of ephesians to believers he's not writing to unsaved people unsaved people need to put on Christ's righteousness originally they don't have that yet but he's writing this letter to us and so the righteousness yes it's it's referring uh, or inferring that we already have Christ's righteousness Remember, the first five books of Ephesians is all about being in Christ, that we have the righteousness of him already. So he is not reiterating that as much as he's saying, this is already in place. You are deemed righteous by Christ because of what Christ did for you. In Christ, you have been made righteous. And and that is good news this morning. That needs to be good news for you and good news for me. I don't know how your week was, how your month has been, how your year has been, how your life is going, but some of us don't always feel righteous because we're not always living, living well. But the righteousness of Christ is, is already ours and Christ has deemed us righteous, but the breastplate of righteousness is, all, is, is them taking that step, saying, listen, don't just receive Christ's righteousness, live righteously. Live for him. Let those things, those patterns and the old habits of your life be stripped away and let not just the righteousness of Christ live inside of you, but also walk in a righteous manner. So we want to be truthful. We want to be authentic. We want to live in a righteous manner. Now, what do we do when we fall? When we fail, we get back up. But before we do, since we're already on the ground, if you've fallen in, in, in sin, before you get up, stop right about here and say, God, forgive me. So let's get on our knees on our way up to standing up. We'll stop on our knees because we've already fallen and we'll say, God, forgive me. Make sure you're doing it authentically. I mean, he knows the difference. Do you remember our, your kids? You ever seen little kids and you say, say you're sorry and they go, sorry. Okay. God knows the difference in us, too, when we go, sorry. I know I just have to say sorry that I went out and did that last night. Sorry that I went to that website that I know I'm not supposed to. He knows the difference when we're really sorry, get, say sorry, then get up and stand. And, and that's where we're going to begin. We're talking about standing against the enemy with the, with the breastplate of righteousness. So we're going, to, we're going to receive his righteousness, and we're going to begin to live righteously. We're going to be living authentically. And then remember, the, the, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace is the reminder that we were brought near to Christ, near to God through Christ's sacrifice. The gospel, the good news of God is that God sent Christ to die for us. And we need to always be ready in our own life and to proclaim that to other people. It should always be processing in our mind that we are thinking and, and, and grateful for what he did. That's the gospel of peace. So that we can also share it with other people. I, I believe that if, if any of you won the lottery, it would immediately make you slightly happier than you were yesterday. Okay, now, now in a year, you might not be happy anymore from winning the lottery. You know, that's kind of a proven thing. It doesn't always... But, but for the moment, right, you'd be pretty pretty happy. Well, with Christ, we have been bought with the precious blood of Jesus and received an amazing inheritance, and that should bring joy to our life. And so when people see that joy, we should be ready, prepared, have the gospel of peace prepared um, so that we can share that with him. These are things that need to be always happening in our life. Having your waist girded with truth, having the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Then we move on. It says, so then, having all those things done. So those are the prereqs. Verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. We're going to hit the other three this morning. And the very first one is, and it's binding all these things. Above all of these things, not that it's more important but it's saying that on top, in addition, and above all of these things, you're going to get the shield of faith. Now I want to talk about the shield of faith um, in, its, in its practicality. Again, remember, we just think that Paul was sitting in prison. He's watching a Roman guard, and he's looking at these things. And, and the Holy Spirit is uh, moving through him, and he's picking out these things to uh, help us get a better understanding of what each of these uh, parts of our Christian life are. We're supposed to be in Christ and be the right, have the righteousness of Christ, but we're also supposed to walk righteously. So now he says, in addition to all of these things and above them, we're going to take this shield. Now, we've all seen movies with, with Romans and gladiators, right? Often you see the little tiny round shield that they have, okay? And then they have a little short sword. That's not the shield we're talking about. Okay, I just didn't want to throw that out. Um, it's not the little one, though. They use that. There's two words for shield, um, two types of shields. This one is the other one. the 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 word is Thurion, and the word thur, I think it's Thurias is actually a door. This is a shield that's probably about four feet tall. It's a, it's about two to two and a half feet wide. It would probably kind of come in a little bit on the edges. It was it was made of of it had wood in it and metal it also had um, leather and linen and um, so, some some of the shields would actually have a a pocket of air between two layers so it'd be an a, an inner layer with a pocket of air and an outer layer there would be it would be the whole thing would be covered with leather that often they would soak um, in water and you'll find out why in a minute so this shield would be, would come all the way up Um, It also would have little latches that you could latch on to other Roman soldiers' shields next to you. And so this would be like a door that you could hide behind that was extremely sturdy. And it would be something that when when the enemy was shooting the arrows or throwing javelins, which many times um, as warfare was getting more creative, they would dip the tips in tar or another flammable liquid and light them on fire and shoot them at the enemy, just hoping to burn people and burn everything up. And so the Roman soldiers, they invented these awesome shields that were large enough to hide behind in a volley of arrows, also that they would connect them together, and so everyone would be protected from this onslaught of arrows coming in. And the air pocket in some of the shields and the leather on some of the shields dipped in water. When a flaming arrow would hit it, if it went through into the air pocket, it would put it out before it went through. And so the fire to put out or the, or the, the water-soaked leather would also extinguish the, the arrows that the enemy was fighting. And so and that, and that's, that's what this shield is. In fact, uh, in Seneca... Um, There was one soldier after a battle who, when he came in, had 200 arrows stuck in his shield. I'm sure it got a lot heavier. That 200 arrows. These shields protected people from the onslaught of the enemy and extinguished that fire. So this is the type of shield that Paul is talking about here in verse 16. And he says, take this thurion, the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now, the next, uh, the next thing we're gonna talk about, I wanna say here, is related to this as well. But so what is this shield of faith? We're not talking about your faith, original faith in Christ that you we put in him when we first got saved. We're talking about a faith that is placed in Jesus now for the deliverance. Um, for a a momentary deliverance right in the moment. I I, I love it's expressed this way. It's this. Faith in this context is our absolute confidence in God, in His promises, in His power, and His program for our lives. Although this faith is rooted in the reality of the gospel and our new standing with God through Christ, the faith we're talking about in Ephesians 6 here, refers to our present faith in the Lord Jesus for victory over sin and the host of demonic forces. So that's a mouthful. Let me just read that last part. So it's a present faith in the Lord Jesus for victory over sin and the host of demonic forces. We need to have that faith that God is the victor. That God is who he says he is and when we pick up the shield of faith what we're doing is we're taking up that moment and saying i believe that god is who he says he is i believe that i have everything that god says that i have i believe that i am everything that god says that i am i have faith in the god of the universe the god who wrote this book for me, that this isn't just uh, spontaneous words written down. This isn't just a whole bunch of crazy people who decided to write a story. Um, this was was inspired by God, and that I have faith in the God of this Bible. And so when we take up the shield of faith, which, which also here can mean receive, um, it's an active active moment. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump ahead just so we can see both. If you've already been reading this, you've seen it already. In a moment, it says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. Um, when I looked this up in the Greek, it was really cool because the word take can mean take. It can also mean receive. But when I looked at it, when it said, um, take the shield of faith, and then in 17, take the helmet of salvation, he used two different words for take. I'm like you know, why do, we, why do they do that to us? You know, he, it's, he didn't use the same word, so I, I had to go and I researched what's the first take, what's the second take? It was both uh, translated for us in English as take. Um, some Bibles might show receive. Both of them can be receive. You go, what's the difference? The first one is an active, aggressive word. The second take is more of a passive receive it. You know that's really interesting because when we're talking about taking faith it's not just this passive yeah, I have faith, I believe. It's an aggressive stance that you have to take to say, I believe in the God of the Bible. I believe I am who He says I am. And we take it aggressively. And part of the reason we have to do that is because that even helps us to walk in that. Because many times we're almost on the defensive. We need to begin to get on the offensive In this in this thing against the the schemes of the enemy, and so we we uh, actively take the shield of faith, so we can extinguish all of the fiery darts of the wicked one. We've been talking about some of the attacks of the enemy. He comes in subtly much of the time. In fact, I would say the majority of our fight with the enemy is subtle. It's not overt but we will occasionally, time to time, have an outright, bold attack from Satan. We live in a spiritual, in a spiritual world. I think most of the time he comes in with a thought, with an inkling, with a leading, through a spouse, through a job, through these things. And the battlefield is all right here in our mind. And that's the best time and the the time that we're going to use the shield of faith the most. But I also want to help us to understand that he also comes in full attack, not hiding himself at all. There's been a number of times that I have been asleep and I have, and and I get into this half awake, half asleep place, and I don't know if I'm caught up in a spiritual world, if I'm awake, if I'm asleep, but there's been many times that in this mode between half awake, half asleep, that I have been overwhelmed by a demonic force in my room. There's been times that this attack has been so strong that I begin to try to cry out, and I can't breathe, and I can't talk, and nothing can, is going on. My wife is laying next to me, and all I want to do is, is, is yell, scream in Jesus' name. I want to hit her, and, I, and I'm just paralyzed. And, 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 and finally, what usually happens, I'll finally begin to finally cry out, and I've, I've done it a few times loud enough to wake Shannon up, Jesus! But he's not, I, I, the enemy is coming in so strong that I, I, I have a hard time uh, even crying out to Jesus. And and as I'm talking about this, I see heads all over the room going, you know, some of you even have these expressions like, wow, I've never told anyone because I felt like a freak, but that has happened to me Sometimes the enemy comes right in, and it's absolutely this open frontal attack. There was another time I want to just share real quick, because we we need to be aware that we live in a spiritual world, and and often the attacks come. Spiritual attacks come when we're pressing into God, when we're walking away from sin, when we're about to do something, when we're finally making that decision to do what he's, he's calling us to do, and the attacks get more vicious. There was another time in my life I was uh, pressing and I was serving the Lord. I was living out here right on Wabash Avenue, just a few blocks down from you, um, and uh, and, and I, I was living with a friend who was a firefighter. He wasn't home much of the time. And uh, his cousin, who was a friend of mine, came out to stay with us from North, from North Carolina. It was his first day in. Well, I was at youth group with this guy years before, and he was, he was a lot of fun. He, he was a wrestler. Uh, he was actually uh, on the way going to uh, Olympics until he had a car accident. And um, so he always liked to jump on us and wrestle us and squeeze our heads like crazy, and so that was just who Steve was, and he had gotten there that day, and I had just laid down in my bed to go to sleep, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I could tell that there was somebody in the room with me. And, and I went, oh, Steve's going to do something. And so I just laid there on my bed, and I kind of opened my eyes, and I looked at the foot of my bed. And there was, was Steve kind of crouching down. And he started standing up like this. And I'm looking, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to wait until he's up. He doesn't know I'm watching him. And as soon as he's standing up high enough, I'm going to jump down and just tackle him. And so I waited until he just about here. And I, and I got up, and I threw the covers, and I reached down, and I put my arms through him, and it wasn't Steve there was a figure in my room and and this figure just continued to stand up and I jumped back to the top of my bed and rubbed my eyes made sure I was awake and this figure really is just a shadow it's so dark but there was some light coming in from from outside just a little bit of light and so I'm like this is strange so I um I I reached around like trying to find like a beam of light that's causing a shadow off of my robe. Something is going to explain this. And and nothing could. It was just there. And again, remember, I, I saw it standing up. Over the course of the next couple of weeks, every night, just about every night, I would either wake up or before I fell asleep, have that same sense that something was in the room with me. And I'd learn, uh, and I'd look over. And each night, this, this, figure moved closer to the head of my bed. Just, it, it took about four nights at the bottom and then over here on the left-hand side. I've, I remember this vividly. I was a young, young believer. I was hearing all these great stories of faith. And um, in this process, I remember hearing the story of a of a great man of faith and, and one of you know the story you're going to tell me if it was Spurgeon or who it was but anyways one night this this man felt like the devil had come into his room and he was asleep and he woke up looked over and looked at this the devil was actually in his room and this man of faith looked at the devil and went oh it's only you and he turned over and went back to bed and i went hey that sounds really good so one night after about four or five nights when this presence was in my room I was sleeping on my my right, or I was laying on my right-hand side, and I just felt this darkness, this darkness. Can't explain it. Can't explain it. But see, we're we're living a spiritual war, so we believe this is true, and a lot of you have had similar experiences. So when I turned over, I'll use this. There was a shadowy face, like, resting his head, like, basically on my bed, right by my pillow, just like this. And I, and I leaned over to see, I mean, can you imagine waking up to this face? I mean, you know, it would be horrible. Well, that, it, was, it was that bad, if not worse. And this, this shadowy face was just looking at me. And with as much faith as I could try to muster, I tried to be as, as heroic as the man of faith. And I went, oh, it's only you. And I went over and I, I didn't have a lot of faith. now. Um, I, I, we, I spent time, we walked around the house and we prayed and prayed, and finally it stopped. That's all I know. It finally stopped. The enemy is real. He comes in sometimes in these crazy ways, like I said, and, and, and where, where there was that tightness. I, I, I couldn't breathe. Um, the only thing I want to do is say, in Jesus' name, and I finally, when I am able to do that, when I'm able to say, in Jesus' name, go, the majority of the time, It goes. Now, there's been times that the first time didn't, nothing happened, and so I just begin to quote Scripture, and I begin to say, in Jesus' name, go. Now, the, the, the shield of faith is, is not just quoting a Scripture, but it's that faith in God that God is greater than everything else. The Bible says, greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. You need to know that scripture. You need to have it in your heart and in your mind and understand that God is greater and God is in you than he, the enemy or anything else that's in the world. The shield of faith isn't just about quoting some scripture, but it's about faith and belief in the God behind the scripture. That's the shield of faith. You know, you go, you go to any any good old vampire movie. I mean, remember the old vampire movies in the past? How do you get rid of a vampire? Right? You just oh, oh ah! No, that's not enough. You can't just put up your fingers. You can't just pick up a cross or you know have a big cross on you and hold it up. But but they're close. Because even in these old movies, do you see the, the, the uh, ounce of truth that comes with it? Are, is the enemy afraid of a cross? No. Is the enemy afraid of the cross? Yes. And the cross is symbolic of what Jesus did. He overcame. So it's not about a cross the enemy was isn't afraid of the the cross he was defeated by the cross the enemy is defeated now if I were to say who in this room always feels like the enemy is defeated in your life nobody would raise their hand because there are times that that we go I don't feel like the enemy has been defeated I feel like the enemy is living in my house We're not talking about our spouses or our children. I feel like the enemy is alive and well and he lives at my house. How is it that he's been defeated? Well, he has been defeated, but he comes like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Uh, in, we know that scripture in Peter, right? The, for the, 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 the devil roar, roars around, roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. It's not who he can devour. It's whom he may devour. Do you remember the difference between can and may? Can I go to the bathroom, mom? I don't know. Can you? I hope you can by now. We've all done that to somebody or had it done to us. Oh, yes, that's right. I'm sorry. May I? Can I eat a cookie? Probably. But you may not eat a cookie. The devil is looking for someone he may devour. Now, I'll tell you, he can devour. He can devour. And he does devour. But he may or may not devour you. That's up to you. That's up to us. Whether or not we will walk always in the full armor, have received that up, and walk in the truth with the breastplate of righteousness, being ready to reconcile, being thankful that we're reconciled, and being ready to reconcile other people to God, and taking up actively, aggressively, the shield of faith, which is faith in God, faith in His Word, against the fiery attacks of the enemy both when they're blatant and when they're subversive. When they're, when they're coming in right up here as just a thought. Most of the activity of the enemy is just up here. There's some great books out there. I recommend, uh, one I could recommend is Joyce Meyer's Battlefield of the Mind. So much happens in the battlefield of the mind, but many of it is a spiritual attack, and we have to begin to recognize the spiritual attacks, and and part of that is that we have to recognize the lie from the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is truth. The enemy wants to come in with partial truths, which end up being a whole lie. Go back to the Garden of Eden. I encourage you to read Genesis chapter three and Matthew chapter four. Matthew chapter four is when Jesus had a confrontation with the devil and the devil himself comes against Jesus and he keeps saying these things, if you will just command that stone to become bread, if you will throw yourself off the cliff Uh, won't God save you because he'll command his angels he's quoting truth taking it out of context And he says if you'll just worship me I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world and Jesus every time says what it is written he gives us the format to come against the enemy in your life it is written the problem is many of us don't know what is written we need to be familiar with the word of god this is where we got we have to get a, skip one real quick and and and, and go because it says that we take the sword of the spirit which is the word of god so our faith comes uh, believing god and believing the word that's the shield of faith the next part here is the helmet of salvation and that's a, more of a, a mild receiving this helmet of salvation. And this is important for us because um, one is based in the fact that we are already saved. Yes. But, but it's also talking about being delivered. And, and interesting that he's talking about being delivered as the helmet, which, which really shows us that a lot of the deliverance is up here. We need to know up here that we're delivered. We need to, to walk up here knowing that we're delivered from our original sin and that we're also able to be delivered from the attack of the enemy that comes in all the time. He's coming against us, the helmet of salvation. I'm saved, I'm delivered, and I will be delivered again. I have faith in who God is and who is, what His Word says and, and those truths will extinguish the attacks of the enemy when he comes in, and he says, you're just a loser. You sinned again, God will never forgive you. And we say, but the Bible says, it is written that he has removed my sin as far as the east is from the west. It is written that I am washed whiter than snow. It is written that if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just, will forgive me of my sins and purify me from all righteousness. It is written that I am no longer the, the tail, I'm the head. So what you just said to me, Satan, is a lie. Depart from me. That's the shield of faith. Not faith in me, faith in him. That I am who he says I am. That he is who he says he is. That his word is true. The helmet of salvation protects us also in that same thing. And then finally, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. These three three things are all working, talking to each other. We need to have the sword of the spirit, the word of God, living and active. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. This word needs to be in us. Breathed upon in truth by God. And that's where we put our faith and our hope. And we stand in that. We can never overcome the enemy outside of of knowing who God is. And God has chosen to reveal himself through the word of God. It's powerful. It's so powerful. Now, I'm going to keep talking about this, but I want to go on to 18 because, see, these are our weapons and our defense against the power of the enemy. But see, it goes in in verse 18. I'm going to start at 17. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And if you notice that in, in your Bible, it's like putting commas, it's putting these semicolons, it's not stopping the sentence because it doesn't quite stop there. Everything here is running together. So let me, let me tell you this. This is not... Do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. This is the, the helmet of salvation, the, the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit is all praying always. Prayer is the place that we do battle, is in prayer. We do the battle in prayer. The battles come in and we begin to pray we begin to pray to God. We begin to quote the scriptures. And the battle happens in prayer. So knowing that all of these things are coming together as we pray and that we need to go to the Lord in prayer. And then he talks about what kind? All types of prayers. Asking him in the spirit. We need to be praying in the spirit, being watchful to the end, all perseverance. And so, so as, as all of these things are coming together, that prayer is the battlefield. He's coming against you do you know it we have to build up that that helmet of salvation so so many of you this morning it it still happens to me but I tell you I I've for, for the last 30 years I've been actively trying to build my faith in the in the Word and in the Lord and so when the attacks come they don't affect me like they used to they still will i'm i'm learning quicker and quicker to quote the word and to stand in the truth of god's word some of you if you'll just begin to change the way you approach things and begin to read the word and appropriate the word of god into your life will watch the the attacks begin to lessen but you do it truthfully we can't just skip everything else. You can't just pretend you're righteous. You can't just act like you're righteous. You can't just quote a scripture and hold up your fingers in the shape of a cross to get rid of the enemy. It's truthfully living through you that you're honest with you and man and God. Remember, truth is, is the, the platform. Righteousness is the platform to take the sword of the Spirit and do damage against the enemy. See, that, that, that's another part. He's coming against us, and, and we're, and it, what's really cool, the little sword of the Spirit, I didn't talk about this. There's different types of sword. This sword that was talked about here is a little one. It's the little one hand-to-hand that you go, and you knock off attacks, and you, and, and, and it's for close combat, you know, it's for C, CQB, close quarter combat. We're on a, on a struggle and a big fight with the enemy and he's always coming, he's always right here. So sometimes we take the word and we knock it away. And sometimes we take the word and we attack. And we actually, the Bible says that we have authority over the power of the enemy. I love the words authority and power because they're different, but they're so important. Here's the picture of authority and then a picture of power and when you walk in both of them okay there's been there's a time this will be real familiar to to people like Jason in the room I wish Denny was here this morning Denny Denny Stokes-Diesman she she's an officer Um, she worked for the DEA and and forestry department she's done a number of different things Um, she used to uh, come down on helicopters to do drug raids in the middle of the forest well I don't know if you remember Denny she's all of five foot nothing okay and and she is bad Okay. I hope you're listening to this Denny. We love you. We miss you. She she's just a short little thing. But when she walks into a scene, when a when when a when an officer walks into a scene maybe picture a big bar fight or something, and you can think down to the old days of Chad's when all the big bikers used to come up, and you got the big bouncers, and Abe's not here, but Abe used to be a big bouncer, six foot eight guy, and you, you, you get a bouncer, and you get a couple of these big guys, and sometimes the bouncer calls the police. You're like, well, you, When you're six foot eight, 400 pounds, and you need to call the police for, for help, you're in trouble. So if somebody's going to come and help you, you're hoping it's the whole SWAT team, or a squadron, or at least another six foot eight cop who's, you know, got a gun. But what, what do they send sometimes? They send Denny. <laughs> they send this ride, right? And they send this little, and no offense to any, any women in this, but they send this little five-foot-nothing girl. And she gets out of the car, she shuts the door, and they, and they you know, got the belts so it's kind of hard to walk, walk normal. So they walk, you know, kind of come up. And, 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 and they're standing there, and they look at there, and they go, yeah, you're nothing. But they, what does she go? Do? Listen, I have the authority to arrest you. I can end your night really badly. Right now, I've got the authority. Now, if you don't want to listen to my authority, I have the power to back it up. Right? Most of the time, the authority is all you need. We recently had, a, uh, we had somebody who overstayed the welcome. They were squatting on the property here. We asked nicely, please move, please move, please move. They weren't leaving. I finally said, you know, if you don't leave, I have to call the sheriff's. Please don't do that. Here, I, I'm the owner, but but that wasn't enough. So so my threat to call the sheriffs was, was pretty good. But they stayed. And so I called the sheriffs. And we walked out. Now, this is days and days and days of trying to, get to gently get this gentleman to, to leave. And days of this, over and over, and same story. And the cop goes, boom, 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 boom. The guy opens up the door and goes, ah! Ah! I basically was his reaction. It was really funny. And he looks at me and says, why did you call them? (laughs) And the police officer says, "Um, you you need to leave the premises. He says, my shift starts at eight o'clock tomorrow morning. If you're not gone, I'll arrest you for trespassing. He was gone about an hour and a half later. Packed up everything, put his tray, and he's gone. Why? He knew the authority and the power that was behind that threat. The Bible says, Jesus himself says, I have given you all authority over all the power of the enemy. You have the authority against the enemy in Christ to walk up to the enemy in Christ and say, no more. I rebuke you. You have no place in here, in my life and you can come against the enemy, and you have the authority to do that, according to the scriptures. Now, now, you getting real deep, but we could talk about this maybe another time. You really can't, for somebody else, remove a demon. Not, I mean, not unless they don't want to be free of it. The Bible says you can cast a demon out, and you shouldn't do that unless you absolutely know that the other person wants to be free, because if they don't, the demon's going to come back. Okay, that's just true. That's a whole nother thing. That's a whole nother thing. But in your life, in the places that you have authority over your life, you have that authority. Because you already, if you're the authority authority of you, even within your home, you can tell the enemy to flee in Jesus' name. (laughs) It's all over the Bible. It's the the weird stuff. The stuff that most of us don't want to talk about. Well, you know, there there was Jesus casting out a demon into some pigs. Well, I'm going to skip that chapter. That's kind of funky. And, uh, well, there's a naked man. I don't want to deal with that one either. Hey, the enemy's real. Most of attacks, though, are, are subversive. They, they, are, they are hidden. They are hidden. They're right up here. You're not, this whole Christianity thing, it's not even true. You ever have a thought like that? Where did that come from? Well, it didn't come from God. It's come from the enemy. You quote the word quote the word get into the word thy word is a light unto my path a lamp unto my feet and to quote the word he has he, he says great things for us for I know the plans I think to you the thoughts I think towards you says the Lord plans to prosper and give you hope and a future that's what he wants for me he doesn't want me to stay in this nothingness of life we engage him through the word with the authority that he's given us because of who he says he is that's it's awesome but it's real. We have to practice it. We have to walk it through. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you that, that you put upon Paul to write Ephesians 6 to us to help us to realize that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, that we, we have a, a war going on against principalities, about uh, demonic forces spiritual things going on. Lord, I thank you that, that in you we walk in truth, we walk in your righteousness and live a righteous life, that we are always aware of the, the sacrifice that you made to bring peace between God and man, and we have the gospel of peace. God, we thank you for the faith to know, quote, stand on your word, that the battle is, is so much in our head Not that we made it up but it's it's in our mind it's it's the enemy talking to us and that we come against every argument everything that raises itself up against the knowledge of god is is corinthians 10 says we we pull down vain imaginations and we come against the strongholds we thank you that we have authority over the power of the enemy we thank you that he may not devour us we will not give him the permission in our life have a foothold, meant to speak lies, but we will more and more, God, we will stand upon the truth. Give us a love for your word. Give us a uh, help us to our faith to increase, Lord Jesus. Pray for each of us to see and walk in more and more victory, and Lord, and to be aware that the attack is spiritual quickly. Praise things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.